Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. This is episode 26, and I am Cat Wonders. This is a special galactic episode of Kitty Liquor just because I'm dressed like an astronaut. <laughs> I kind of wanted to go for like alien vibes, but then I realized that aliens don't wear spacesuits. Maybe unless they murdered an astronaut and then try to disguise themselves as humans. <laughs> so my makeup is a little wild. Very rarely do I wear blue eye makeup. Uh, it used to be big in the 80s and I think I remember my mom wearing blue eye makeup, but I don't hate it, uh, but I don't love it. <laughs> If you're listening to this podcast, go to YouTube so you can see the getup. Also, look at how freaking reflective this is. With all the lights. When it photographs, or when they're, when it photographs. <laughs> the spacesuit photographs too. Uh, when it takes pictures. <laughs> when <laughs> you take photos of this spacesuit, it goes completely ridiculously bright. It's just made of this special kind of material, NASA material. Just joking. It came from Doll's Kill. This is not a real spacesuit, and I'm sweating in it, but you know what? I unzipped the legs. The legs are removable. See? <laughs> and I'm wearing cotton leggings underneath to absorb all the sweat. So I'm not sitting on straight plastic uh, for two hours. All right, so as usual, we're gonna start off with a concoctail. And I was thinking, well, I should really be doing some sort of like spacey cocktail, but it's called the Devil's Punch. <laughs> so it's still Halloween themed, but not space themed, just FYI. Okay, so the ingredients for this cocktail include two ounces of spiced rum, dark rum and oak candle, that's pretty appropriate. <laughs> one third orange juice, two ounces of sparkling wine, one third peach juice, and oh, it needed, some, what was the other? Oh, a cinnamon stick, which I didn't get because my glass is tall and the cinnamon stick is short, so. It just aesthetically wouldn't be that that great. So you know me, I'm all about looks, no substance. <laughs> just joking, okay. So here is my glass. I've got, it's called the Devil's Punch. I figured that this little like pitcher of blood red and a red straw. Now this cocktail, I don't think will be any specific color. There's orange juice in it and peach juice. So it'll be orange, but I figured I wanna try to make it purple. Let's just get this light on, keep it on white for now. Okay, can you see? What the heck? Okay. <laughs> Me just entertained endlessly by the different colors. <laughs> okay, let's leave it on red for now. Okay, so we're gonna start off with the spiced rum. I've got myself some Captain Morgan. Two ounces of this. Oops, that was close. I need some ice. Out of here, my glass. Good enough. Okay, two ounces of spiced rum. One, two, two ounces. <laughs> We're in outer space here, okay? Gravity doesn't allow me to pour properly. It just keeps coming out, all right. A third orange juice. Now, I should have been smart <laughs> and poured this in a cup, but I just grabbed the orange juice and put it on my little tray. So here we go. I'm gonna add the sparkling wine last. Yes, of course, I wouldn't throw it in the shaker. Duh. Peach juice. This is kind of weird peach juice. Like it's it's peach nectar, so it's a little thick, uh, but that's okay. Now, let's get crazy with some food coloring. And only because it's Halloween. I singed my arm hair again, you 
guys. I was like, what's that smell? Oh, burnt hair, you guys. I'm sure you've all smelled it. It's not very nice. Okay, so I have orange in here, but I think if I mix enough red and blue together, we'll get like a nice funky purple. Oh my God, no. Oh, I should have known better. This looks nasty. I'm not injured. It's just food coloring. No, you guys. No, I'm stained. Well, you know what? I put my blood, sweat, and tears and I got nothing. <laughs> my uh, food coloring, my sweat and tears into these cocktails sometimes make me just feel like a damn son bitch. <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> I don't want to get... Guys, at least it was the red, right? It looks like there's more that I miss. Is that all the ingredients besides the sparkling wine? Yes. All right, let's see what kind of color comes out. Actually, let's get the white. How did I spill orange juice on this? I have something called tactile intolerance. If you don't know what that is or you've never heard of it, it's basically when you can't stand to have really anything on your hands. The thought of being sticky or is a nightmare. <laughs> all right, here we go. So I did three drops, I think, of red food coloring and then three drops of blue. Oh my God. This is the worst. This is the ugliest cocktail I've ever made. What the Okay, okay. I deserve that. That's what happens. God damn it. I'm gonna make some room for some champagne. <laughs> it's gonna be so ugly. Well, I do have to say that this is a very Halloween looking cocktail. Did I just turn it on and off again? Whatever, I don't care. What's the point? What's the actual point? Okay, so I just added some champagne. Let's see how it tastes now. It's definitely better. Just gonna keep adding this. Well, you know what guys? The food coloring was a mistake. Uh, and there's no going back now. Okay, let's rename, we gotta rename this cocktail. So this was originally named the Devil's Punch. This does not look like the Devil's Punch. This looks like the Devil's Toilet Water. <laughs> uh, no, this kind of is like a gray tombstone. Mm, well, this like midnight tombstone. That's all I got, you guys, this is so horrible. Okay, well, anyway, I wouldn't recommend using the purple and the blue food coloring. In my mind, I thought it was gonna make a nice, or sorry, a red and blue food coloring. In my mind, it was gonna make a nice purple, but no, no, it did not. I probably should have stuck to one color and not try to make a science project out of it. Uh, but it's not bad, actually. It's very much like a mimosa with rum in it and food coloring. Could be worse. Aesthetically, I think if that was placed in front of me at a restaurant, I'd be a little confused and I'd be like, what are the ingredients in there? <laughs> it looks like, it looks like freaking mop water. That's it. That's the name, mop water. I'm gonna write that down so I don't forget. But it tastes like heaven water. Moving on, I will link the recipe down below in the description box on the YouTube version. Of course, I'm not gonna be doing that. 
this podcast because I already read it out. So anybody listening can go to YouTube. All right. Okay. So my week, as you all know by now, I am so busy this month with my 25 days of naughty costumes happening on Patreon. That will be linked down below. There's lots of information on my Patreon page, but I'm filming over like 47 videos this month. And so I have to really plan every day <laughs> and plan in advance because a lot of the costumes that I'm wearing have a ton of accessories. So like one, costume it takes me like 10 minutes to accessorize pick out everything that goes with the costume uh, so in order to save myself time I'll do that kind of in the evening and then be ready to film the next day type thing so aside from that I took a little break and went to the Banff Springs Hotel overnight for the very first time in my entire life in fact I think it's the the second time I've ever even been there so I go to Banff a few times a year I mean I drive through very often so say like I travel and stay in Banff at least three times a year. There's a fly in here ripping around and I know it wants my mop water, <laughs> but it can't have it. Could you imagine if you got some fake flies like just floating around in your drink, like just for some aesthetic <laughs> like creepiness? Before I continue on my Banff story, there's one thing that really bothers me about Halloween snacks, drinks, really like gore themed food and drinks. They make like witch finger cookies, even to certain cocktails that are supposed to like simulate like brains or something in there. And that's not my jam. <laughs> something about that bothers me. And I think there's one thing specifically that one time I just gagged thinking about it and it was some sort of, oh yeah, it was like spaghetti and meatballs, but they threw in like these edible eyeballs that were like jelly just to kind of make it look like brains or something. <laughs> I was like, oh no, 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 no. That I can't do, even though clearly it's fine to eat. But just looking at something that's like gore themed, like a severed hand cake or something, you know I don't like that <laughs> I have a strong stomach and I can eat a lot of weird shit but that is pushing it for me I stayed at the Banff Springs I got a complimentary upgrade by the way so I booked one of the basic rooms and typically I'll do this to any hotel that I stay at because I'm pretty well like 99% sure that I can get a complimentary upgrade if you don't know what a complimentary upgrade is I'll just quickly fill you in Anybody can do this and anybody and everybody should do this. Basically, you go to the front desk, check in, and they always ask for your credit card and your ID. In between your credit card and ID, have a tip, $5, $20, $50, depending on what kind of like place you're at and the confidence you have in this, in this person you're working with. Because sometimes strategically choosing who's checking you in can also be beneficial. But you say to them, this is for you. Have it poking out a little bit and say, if you can offer a complimentary upgrade, that would be amazing. I'd really appreciate it. Be kind, be genuine, and be prepared too for them to say, oh, I'm sorry, we're fully booked, which is kind of like usually the BS excuse <laughs> that the hotels give like, oh, really? You're fully booked all 800 rooms? Okay. Yeah. But generally they'll take it, they'll accept it. And sometimes like, especially in Canada, I find that people are very like, oh no, no, it's fine. Like, I'm like, no, no, keep it. And even if they can't upgrade me, I still will let them keep the tip. You know, I've had it happen before where they couldn't upgrade me and they would try to give my tip back. And I was like, no, 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 you tried. Like, that's fine. It's just kind of like classy way about it. I mean, if it was a hundred dollars, <laughs> Maybe I might take it back, but no, typically not. But typically they will upgrade me. And even if that's moving from the pool view to the ocean view, the view side is usually more expensive. And uh, so I did get upgraded to the King 
carriage house. Sounds bougier than it was. It was basically just a larger room on the view side, but it would have been like an extra $300 per night. So got the upgrade. And actually this time I didn't even tip because I had no cash. <laughs> so uh, I just wung it. But the process, like I said, is you ask kindly for a complimentary upgrade. Don't forget the complimentary part because that means free. You don't really necessarily want to have to pay for an upgrade. Sometimes they'll offer an upgrade, like a massive upgrade for an extra 40 bucks. And then you're like, frick yeah, I'll take the presidential suite for an extra $20. Got the room upgrade, went unpacked, relaxed, and went for like a little walk around. And I don't know, it's it's quite an experience. It is such an old hotel. And there's so many neat like restaurants in there, little pubs and bars, and you never have to leave. Like really, I was worried about putting my car in valet just because I was like, how am I gonna get back to town? Cause I wanna walk around and do some shopping and whatever. I didn't really even have to do that. I just had an adventure walking around the hotel <laughs> and like finding new little like nooks and crannies. And uh, so it was super fun. They also have hot pools there. Of course they have the spa. They've got a couple restaurants and I highly recommend Recommend. And it's something that's, it's obviously quite expensive. I think the base room is about $650 a night. So it was a huge splurge for me because I don't spend that kind of money on hotels, but it did get upgraded to like a thousand dollar room. So kind of like, oh, uh, you know, it kind of made it worth it. But I have to tell you the funnest thing ever. And I've done this in Texas and a few other places, but I stayed once at the San Antonio Hotel in Texas and it's the oldest hotel in, what's the town we were in? Not Houston, Dallas. There's another one. Where did we fly into? I can't remember. I gotta look it up, sorry. Okay, so finally figured it out because I'm such an idiot. So we were in San Antonio, Texas and the name of the hotel was a St. Anthony Hotel, which means San Antonio. Anyway. Uh, the oldest hotel in San Antonio, Texas. And I was doing like a bit of research on it and it is, like I said, it was quite old. It doesn't really have a history of like being haunted, but my mom and I were there and we went exploring and we, I discovered, and this is really bad and I, I hope I don't, don't get in trouble for this, but I discovered that if you find one of the service elevators, you can get to floors that you can't get on a regular elevator. Anyway, we had lots of adventures. <laughs> going places we really shouldn't there was one story that was like not shouldn't be accessible that we got to and uh <laughs> it was quite an adventure but at the Banff Springs because it's such an old historic hotel there was for some reason we couldn't get to the second or third floor I think it was the third floor that we were trying to push the button to couldn't get to so I thought what the heck is going on? They're obviously doing something there. Like what's going on? There's third floor exists, but we can't get to it. So wound up going for dinner that night at the 1888 Steakhouse, which I highly recommend. It's not cheap, but it was very good and very fun. We had some Wagyu steaks. <laughs> and anyway, we had a little bit to drink and we went back to our hotel room, then went on an exploration adventure. Now we knew we couldn't get to the second floor or the third floor. That was like our goal. And I thought, well, stairs, obviously. We'll just try the stairs first. The stairs got to the sec or the third floor. <laughs> it's like second or third, third floor and couldn't open the door. So we're like, what's going on? <laughs> so then uh, we were kind of doing some exploring and then saw that we could get to a couple service elevators through the certain pathway. And it wasn't like through the kitchen or anything like that. It was just sort of like, I could see that there were elevators that weren't for the public. So we just kind of snuck down, snuck over there and pushed the up button because it was on the main floor and boom, we're in the elevator. We get to the third floor. 
the doors open up and I couldn't even believe it because the doors open up and suddenly it's like, so the whole thing is sort of almost under renovation, but it's been, looks like it's been under renovation for a long time. You get out of the elevator and you can look down each hallway, like the shining, it goes on forever. It's super creepy because it's lit up by like some construction lights, but it's still very dark. And <laughs> there are chandeliers on the floor, like old original chandeliers. There were really neat like crystal knobs that were probably salvaged from when the hotel before the hotel got renovated and so and then we were like kind of exploring through and just not really touching anything but walking through and looking at kind of all the old architecture and things like that and it was so so adventurous and so fun and um like I said it's so neat to see these really old original artifacts <laughs> It's not like from prehistoric ages, but it almost seems like it when, you know, you see the hotel newly renovated. They they do renovate it in a way that it doesn't look brand new, but it was just super, super fun and excellent to be able to run around and have some adventures. And don't recommend it because you don't want to do anything unsafe or unethical. But like I said, we never touched anything or we just kind of looked. We were lost tourists. If somebody were to catch us, I was like so expecting somebody to come around the corner at any second. <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're lost. We don't know where we are, what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and also it snowed for the first time this year or not this year this fall season <laughs> sometimes we get snow really early on and sometimes we have five feet of snow on Halloween. It depends. Sometimes Halloweens are beautiful and mild, uh, but I have a feeling this year it's going to be pretty chilly on Halloween night anyway. For those of you going out trick-or-treating, for me, typically I have like a bonfire. There's not any children that come to my house in my neighborhood because I'm like 18 miles from the nearest <laughs> road. It's always nice to to just have like a little get together and maybe make it a dress up party for cold weather. Because like I said, it's, uh, I think it's gonna be chilly this year and nobody wants to be super cold, no matter how sexy the outfit, you know what I mean? Like this is good because I can layer this and uh, put a jacket over top if I need to. And uh, because I mentioned my 25 days of super naughty Halloween costumes, <laughs> I'm gonna throw in a little preview, a little teaser video for it. So in case you're interested, just get a little sneak peek and more information will be down in the description box. Tops of my nipples are just kind of out there. All right, I want to know if you could hop on a plane right now and say it's the last trip that you'll ever take, where would you go and why? <laughs> Not even why. I thought about this and I've traveled a lot of places in my life. And if I could choose a specific spot to go back to, so even though, like I said, I've traveled to Europe and I've been to Asia, I think, and this is gonna sound like a cop-out, but it's true. I think that I would travel back to Mexico. That's where I'd go. I'd go kind of like to the Mayan Riviera. That's where I typically like to go, but it's just the cat's ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it there. The water's great, the food's great, the people are great. There is a place I do want to travel that I've never been. I've been to Greece before twice, but I'd like to go to Santorini and uh, like stay there. Obviously this is like extremely expensive and even the ferry from Crete to Santorini was like 175 euro per person each way. 
<laughs> I'm like, what, what does it cost to like have lunch there? I think it's so picturesque and like it's probably super beautiful. I personally prefer though like white sand beaches. I want to swim with the sea turtles. I want to go and feel like I'm kind of somewhere where I can have freedom to do like 10 different things. I think with Santorini, I wouldn't know where to go to swim. I mean, of course you do research, you find out, but it's kind of like there's not really beaches there. You know, it's all like rock, but hey, I've never been there. I could be totally wrong. That's just my impression of it. Just judging my pictures. So yeah, I think because I know and love Mexico so well, I'd be way comfortable to go there and just eat delicious food and seafood. And yeah, that would be my last trip. I hate pouring champagne like this where it creates bubbles. It's just like going flat instantly. I want to know if you're somebody who travels to new destinations every time they travel or do you go back to the places that you love? I am a bit of like a creature of habit and will go back to the same place that I know and love often but it is when like you don't I've been on so many beautiful like lovely trips that where I don't know what to expect and wouldn't change a thing but I usually have to be pulled out of my comfort zone so like if somebody's like let's go on a trip I'm like oh yeah well I know this place they're like well I've never been here let's go there and uh, I think if I'm traveling with somebody who knows what they're doing is going to kind of like take control of the trip then I'm right along with them but for me if I'm going to be in charge of the trip and I kind of go to a place that I know that I love but like I said I can do both another thing is I'm I'm kind of that way with restaurants and the food that I order <laughs> where I know that I like a certain dish like if I love it enough I'll order it every time there's a restaurant that I go to often and I very often order the same thing unless I've like I'm totally craving something different but just because I know I know what I like and I like I like to kind of you know guarantee that I'm going to enjoy my meal you know what I mean because it has happened where I go to a place and I'm like oh, I love this but I love this so much that I'll try that and I try that and it's never the same so <laughs> that's just me. That's my opinion. Okay, so last two episodes for episode 24 and 25, I did creepy true crime stories. And this week, I don't want to keep using the word creepy. Chilling paranormal experience stories. So if you're like me, you've had paranormal experiences. Not everybody has, but I pre-read a couple of them, but not all of them. So I'll read a few and then you can... Just decide for yourself if you think it's true, think it's made up, or maybe you've had a similar experience. But I think they're pretty believable. They're not like way left field. These are apparently what people have submitted that are real experiences that they've had. If I could talk. Real experiences that they've had. 17 creepy stories of paranormal experiences that people swear actually happened to them. So I'm not going to read all 17. I'll probably save some for the next episode. So it's funny how the first story and second story are so... They start very similarly and I thought it was a mistake, but it's not. But anyway, here's the first one. The tucking in. When I was growing up, my bed used to face the hallway out of my bedroom. And at the end of this hallway was a bathroom. Every night down this hallway, figures would walk by, stop and wave, and then walk directly into the bathroom. These figures were things that I knew, but also didn't know. Sometimes it would be Ernie from Sesame Street. Other times it could be a black odd creature that I'd never seen before, but they would always stop, look at me, then continue down the hall. Every night also, my mom would come tuck me into bed. This was a clockwork routine you do with your kids. Bedtime story, kiss, tuck in goodnight, 
uh, etc. One night, my mom didn't, and I remember calling her over and over again. Finally, after I'd been calling her, she walked down the hall and into my room. I remember her coming in. She didn't read to me, but she apologized and tucked the sheets in around me. She kissed me goodnight and told me she loved me. When she left the room, she didn't go down the hallway towards the rest of the house. She went towards the bathroom and didn't come back out. I remember sitting there watching the hallway and getting a sick feeling in my stomach. I waited a while, then called her. I didn't get a response. I remember getting up and going to the hallway to see if she was still there, and she wasn't. I was so freaked out, I ran in the other direction uh, to the rest of the house. All the lights were off, and I remember running to her room. She was asleep in her bed. I went to sleep with her that night, and in the morning I asked her if she came in and tucked me in. She told me that she didn't, and she was so, so tired that she just went to bed. Maybe mommy was drinking that night. (laughs) doesn't remember um okay so what the story is saying is basically that he thinks maybe it was one of the spirits or the people he sees waving at him from the bathroom kind of chilling but hey so this is story number two it starts off very similarly and you'll see what i mean this is called the dark figure my bed faced the door to the hallway and my room was next to the bathroom. We would keep the bathroom light on at night to make it easy to get around the house. I would regularly see shadowy figures walking past the bathroom at all hours of the night, but I never seemed to be scared of them. One night, one of those shadowy figures stopped at my door for longer than usual, and I immediately felt uncomfortable. I had a guardian angel stone that was really just a porcelain angel figurine in a glass bead. I grabbed it out of my pillowcase and squeezed it tight. Suddenly there was a super bright light that came from behind this dark figure and it looked as if both the dark figure and this light bolted back into the bathroom. I still live in that house and I still see the shadowy figures in the night. I think it's time to look for a new place, (laughs) to be honest. So I have this weird thing and I don't know if I've talked about it specifically on the podcast, but so I have this stage in my sleep where my conscious... And I think this is why I lucid dream a lot. And this is just because I think my brain, like my consciousness and my subconscious just kind of like cross over often. But often I'll wake up. I shouldn't say often. So say maybe one out of every 20 sleeps that I have. I'll wake up, but my dream state hasn't quite gone yet. So I wake up and I see things all throughout my room. Sometimes it's a a spider creeping down and I could see it perfectly like a huge tarantula coming down. Sometimes it's a massive black kind of ball of something that's just moving quickly and it doesn't make any sense. It's not anything that I could recognize like some sort of scrambled ball of blackness. And then other times it's people standing in my room. In my old house, I'd have people standing in the corners of my room. They were like shadow figures. There was no face or like emotion or whatever. They were just standing in the corners of my bedroom. There was one time where I flew off of my bed because it looked like the ceiling of my home was collapsing in and I was like <gasps> and I was trying to get like away so I just backed myself over the edge of the bed and flopped over onto the ground <laughs> so I have this thing where and it can be very scary if it happens in an unknown location so like I was really praying that it didn't happen at the Bath Springs because I'm already so sure that that place is haunted that I was just praying that I wasn't going to wake up in one of these states where I could actually see these people or these spirits because I think what's happening is it's not just a dream state it's like I go into a different what's the word I'm looking for not realm but a different, um, I guess I'll use the word realm because I can't think of the word I'm looking for, where you're maybe in a place where you can see what's going on without, you know, you know, things you would never be able to see in real life, like the spirit world or like some other, you guys driving you guys crazy because you know the word and I don't (laughs) think about it. But um, so I feel like I'm just in the zone where very temporarily, say for like five to 10 seconds, I can see things 
that are there because I'm in between worlds, right? I have this thought, so so it makes it quite scary. If I'm in my own home, my own bed, I know what's happening and it's fine. But then if I'm someplace that I'm not used to and I think is haunted, it's terrifying because I'm like, what am I saying? Is it my imagination or is it real or, yeah. So anyway, off on a tangent, but just another little fact about me. I have strange moments when I wake up, one out of every 20 sleeps. Um, that's just a guesstimate, by the way. So I'm not gonna lie. I'm really gonna try not to cry when I read this. I'd cried the first time that I read it, but because I know what to expect now, it's not gonna catch me off guard and I'm gonna be able to do it, okay? <laughs> the still on time husband. My great grandmother's husband passed away years before she did. After his death, her house always felt creepy. He was a trucker and would be home every weekend. And just like clockwork, every Friday at 6 p.m., you'd hear the front porch creak. And then after about eight seconds, you'd hear heavy boot steps on the kitchen floor. She started deteriorating on a Monday. She wanted to be home, so the hospital let her go home. Since there was nothing they could do, she passed at 6.05 p.m. That Friday, her last words to her daughter, don't cry. <sighs> I'm such a geek. I can't, I can't do it. Don't cry. George is here to walk with me. Sorry. <laughs> I just think about my Oma. This is so, so silly. I just need a sec. I don't want to ruin my makeup. It's going to happen. It's, to it's totally fine. I'm okay, but it's just, I can't. She passed away at 6.05 p.m. that Friday. Her last words to her daughter. Just give me one sec. It's not even this. It's just, it comes out sometimes. I, I think I knew I was going to cry because I cried the first time and I'm like, oh, hopefully it won't happen because I've already read it. No. <sighs> Don't cry. <laughs> Don't cry. George is here to walk with me. The next Friday, there were no bootsteps and the house has now fallen silent with time. After she passed, the house felt happier. Now I'm not a very spiritual person. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start again. Let me start this whole thing again. I won't cry this time, I promise. I'm not sure how my editor will edit this podcast, but... <laughs> kind of a hot mess. <laughs> and it's so stupid. And maybe maybe it's a champagne. I don't know. But I'm gonna do the rest of this podcast with effed up makeup. And I don't care. I'm sure you don't either. Okay, so this story, it's called The Still On Time Husband. Anyway, I just kind of triggered something my Oma recently passed. And I can't get through the story, but I want to because it actually is creepy and kind of a cool story. My great grandmother's husband passed years before she did. After his death, her house always felt creepy. Well, he was a trucker and would be home every weekend and just like clockwork every Friday at 6 p.m. You'd hear the front porch creak and then after about eight seconds, you'd hear heavy boot steps on the kitchen floor. She started deteriorating on a Monday. She wanted to be home, so the hospital let her go home. Since there was nothing they could do, she passed at 6.05 p.m. that Friday. Her last words to her daughter, don't cry, George is here to walk with me. The next Friday, there were no bootsteps and the house was, has now fallen silent with time. After she passed, the house felt happier. Now, I'm not a very spiritual person, but I believe her husband waited for her. So that, I just skimmed through that and <laughs> detached myself. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst. Is when you just start to like have all these feelings start welling up and then boom, it just comes out. It's good though, it's cathartic, therapeutic, whatever you wanna call it. <laughs> Let me drink some more of my mud water. Sorry, mob water.
This next one is called The Mysterious Creature on the Side of the Road. My two best friends and I went to the midnight premiere of Signs. That alone is why the three of us rarely tell people this incident. So as we were driving home, or driving down a road we traveled a million times in order to get to one of our homes, my friend's headlights shined what we suspected was a dog on the side of the road. My friend slowed down because he feared the dog might run out into the road. This gave us time to better make out the features. The creature was on all fours, had no tail or even fur, and was a solid charcoal color. But then, when we were maybe 20 yards away it turned its head and looked at us it only had a pair of eyes and no mouth when we reached about 10 yards away it stood up and walked into some bushes i actually cried i was so terrified by what we'd seen what made it feel the most real though was that none of us said a single thing until we reached my friend's house we were all so uncertain about what we'd seen that we couldn't bring it up until my friend turned off his car and looked at me we knew then that all three of us had seen the same thing Never knew what it could be, but we're damn near 40 and still don't really talk about it. Have you ever seen something on the side of the road that you can't explain? I know somebody who says, who's like pretty level-headed and has told me that they've seen, it sounds crazy, but Bigfoot twice. <laughs> Not once, but twice in a specific area, which does have a bit of a history of people saying they've seen. So it's just such a, it's hard to tell you know when people are telling you the truth or if they think that it's maybe just believable and i don't want to like call this person a liar because i don't think that they are but it's very difficult to understand she said to me that she was driving home one night and was going down a specific road she said that it looked like the ass end of a moose but with two eyes obviously that glow in the light she said it looked like a tall like she thought it was a moose at first but then as she got closer it looked like the ass end of a moose like think about the ass of a moose <laughs> and imagine two eyes there i don't know so this is like she's got to describe it herself if you want like the real real story and then she said that the first time she'd seen it was she was by herself and then of course she was like frantically trying to tell people that she'd seen something that she couldn't explain and then the next time she saw it was she was with a friend and they both saw and they've both tried to be like this is what we saw but not like publicly or on Facebook or something where they're like oh my god has anybody else seen this why would you make it up but then why would anybody make anything up you know there's people that need attention and they want to be different or whatever and I think that probably 90% of people that have Bigfoot story are, are making it up you know but then maybe there's something you saw you couldn't explain I'll tell you what I was driving home the other night and as I was driving home I could see that there were two bright lights <laughs> It's not an alien story, don't worry. I could see that there were two bright lights ahead of me on my driveway, looking like a car coming back down my driveway. So I stopped my car and I was like, who is on my property? Like somebody obviously went up to see if I was home. I'm not home. Like some people come up to my place, you know, but anyway, so I'm waiting there and waiting there and waiting there for them to come down the driveway because I have to pull over on the sides to let them pass. And uh, nothing nothing at all and i'm like well they saw me coming they turned their lights off so now i'm really freaking out thinking that whoever this is is like up to no good they may be stolen something of mine or they are waiting for me and then waited 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 so i kind of like muster up the courage to just turn my car back on and pull up drive up i see nothing and there's a couple places you can go but i would have seen the lights turn or continue on but basically the lights sort of stopped like turned off so this is a bit of a creepy experience for me. <laughs> so I drive back up, like I drive, sorry, I drive up my driveway to my house and get the courage to get out and get in my house and lock all the doors and thinking about it all night long, thinking there's somebody on my property. Cause like I said, I've got a big property so they could be anywhere. Just, you know, 
just kept a heads up. I've been in these kind of situations before where I'm like really creeped out about absolutely nothing and I find out later it's absolutely nothing. And that's what happened. The following night I came home and saw that my headlights had reflected off of like a garbage bin that I have. Like it's got like a glossy finish. And uh, it looked like my, it looked like headlights coming at me, but they were, it was the reflection of my own headlights. So then I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot, <laughs> such an idiot. My point is, is when you see things sometimes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've seen something paranormal, alien, mystic, <laughs> unexplainable, you know, like most of the time there's an explanation for what you've seen. And uh, even though I believe in the paranormal and that kind of thing, but it takes a lot for me to really go, okay, I can hear creaks and cracks in the ceiling and be like, ah, okay, that, that I asked for a sign and the house cracked you could just be like it was coincidence right so it takes a bit more for me but um yeah my point is again that it could have been a moose and maybe it had some something on it <laughs> i don't know i don't know maybe it was bigfoot twice especially because you said it looked the same both times i'm gonna run way over in this podcast but i don't give a shit i've already cried now i'm getting drunk we're in this together okay i will say though i feel a bit off and then I learned today that there's like, there's something happening, happening with the moon, like last night or t today. I was like, that could be it. It's the moon. <laughs> Hence my NASA spacesuit. Okay, so this next one is called The Visit. When I was 13, my friend's dad came over and knocked on my door. Before I could even get to the door, he started walking away. I went outside and called to him, but he just looked back at me and continued home. I thought it was odd, so I sent him a text. No reply, but that was normal for him. About five hours later, my friend came and knocked on my door. She told me that her dad had died the night before in a car accident uh, because he had fallen asleep at the wheel. I'll never forget the moment of confusion and, and shock. I had just seen him. He couldn't be dead. To this day, I'm still shocked that it happened. So I've heard stories like this before, and I think I've seen enough movies with this exact scenario where somebody's like communicating with you but it doesn't quite make sense and it turns out that they've actually died hours earlier or something okay this is the last one i'm going to read to you it's quite long this one but i haven't read it yet so we're in this together <laughs> and i promise i won't cry actually i don't promise but i'm really gonna try not to the boy who lived in a closet oh my god i'm already gonna cry <laughs> just joking or am i yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not a superstitious man at all, but this is th one story that I cannot explain. I was spending Christmas with the mate's family at their holiday home, which was in the middle of nowhere in the bush, Australia. Mates. I kind of made the association. <laughs> there were about 10 of us and two of the uncles would be turning up the next day. Anyway, the place that we were staying was old. I'm talking at least 150 years old. And in one of the rooms was this old closet type thing. Think of the wardrobe from Beauty and the Beast. And that was the room that the youngest kid was going to be staying in because it had a single bed. The youngest was about five years old and was the son of one of the uncles. So anyway, I was walking around the house when I heard the kid talking to someone in the room. I thought that someone was there, so I walked in and said, hey, who are you talking to? <laughs> Sorry, that's my, <laughs> I won't do it again. Hey, who are you talking to? And the kid replied, I'm talking to Charlie. He lives in the closet. He's my friend and we are going to play more later. Naturally, I thought, 
It was just him playing around and making up an imaginary friend. So the next day when we were having lunch and the uncles turned up, I said to him to tell his father about his friend. Uh, when the kid said, oh, that's just Charlie. We're going to play later on. The father grabbed his arm and said in a kind of panicked tone, where is Charlie? And what does he look like? The kid responded, he lives in the closet in my room and has this long coat on. Both of the uncles jumped up, ran into the room, dragged the closet outside and set it on fire. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, we all then left really quickly. I asked them both, WTF had just happened. And they said, when we were boys, we used to play with an imaginary friend named Charlie as well, who lived in the closet. And he always tried to get us to come play with him in the bush away from the house. So whatever it was that happened, it was enough to scare the shit out of two grown men when one of their sons mentioned an imaginary friend with the same name who lived in the closet. I can't say that I've ever had an imaginary friend that was maybe like a spirit friend, but I imagined I had more friends than I actually did at one point. <laughs> Does that matter? Okay, so that concludes chilling paranormal experience stories. I think that this is kind of maybe a little more fun than like true crime stories. There's nothing left to the imagination. It's like, this is what happened and paranormal stuff, you can kind of believe it or you don't, right? True crime, you kind of do have to believe. So it's maybe a little less dramatic. Okay, quickly, I just wanna talk about Squid Game. Now, if you don't know what Squid Game is, it is a series on Netflix. It may be on other platforms as well, but it's a Korean series, it's dubbed over. So like, if you start watching it, don't turn it off because you're turned off by subtitles, not subtitles, but like, excuse me, what's the word I'm looking for? They dub voices over the Korean actors. So essentially, it's kind of silly and funny to watch initially, but you get used to it quite quickly. Squid Game is definitely worth watching. I know that most of you watching this podcast podcast have heard about this and or heard of Squid Game and probably are already watching but it's such a good series and I think it was like the second to last episode I know it's I freaking act like a crybaby because like obviously I cried this episode <laughs> but it's such an interesting episode and like so good and it was it's just done really well the acting's great and um highly recommend and i wouldn't have watched it unless somebody told me to because i've like on a, it doesn't look like something i would really be into but it really turned out to be an awesome awesome watch so highly recommend squid game not sponsored by squid game could you imagine if I'm like this <laughs> this episode sponsored by squid game no it's not okay let's move on to a segment that I like to call Creepy Cat Facts. <laughs> so the title of these facts is 17 Unsettling Random Facts That'll Freak You the F Out. All right. <laughs> 17 again. I think the last one was 17 too. Uh, the average person walks past at least 16 murderers in their lifetime. I can believe this. It's probably more, but depending on where you're from. Some badass on Reddit did the math for some for someone living in an average size city. 10 new people per day times 365 days per year times 71 years of living, about 260,000 separate individuals. Somebody might walk by two... 160,000 people in a lifetime times six murderers per 100,000 people equals 15.6 or about 16 murderers. I think, you know, in my small town in Canada, probably not, but maybe in like New York, Los Angeles, you know, those kind of places. Okay, next fact. Fact. There are little bugs that live on your face and eat the dead skin off of it. Are there little bugs that dry tears for people? <laughs> Just joking. Uh, they're called demodex mites. 
The older you are, the more they are in your follicles. They're spread by skin-to-skin contact and try to forget that when you get a nice old kiss from grandma. Okay, this is actually creepy and disturbing. In rare instances, dead women can give birth. It's called coffin birth and can happen when a pregnant corpse releases gas while decomposing that expels the dead fetus out. This can happen within 48 to 72 hours of the mom's death. Whoa, that's a crazy thought. Over 1,600 people have gone missing in U.S. national parks, never to be seen again. Unfortunately, these people tend to stay missing because tracking them is insanely difficult, even after the U.S. government put an analysis and reporting system in place after 9-11. I can see that. I go to a lot of very remote places where if I don't have my sat phone with me, my satellite phone, I feel very kind of uneasy. It's kind of like satellite phones are interesting because they can help you or hinder you because I find that I guess hinder is maybe not the right word but because you have it you take more risk you know what I mean whereas if you didn't have it you wouldn't go over that extra mountain range right so it's kind of like I doubt many people with a sat phone or like a tracking phone go missing though. So no matter where you wind up, but like I said, it does kind of push you to take that extra risk. Shouldn't say push you, but gives you the confidence to do kind of what you wouldn't normally. But then like there's animals also, and like you can't cover all ground. Even if you have a hundred people looking for you, there's still gonna be a patch here and there that they're gonna miss and not see your half devoured corpse because I'm not needing to laugh, but like because the bear ate half of you, you know what I mean? I have to show you this photo. There is a parasite that destroys the tongue of a fish and then replaces the tongue with its own body. Check this out. Essentially, it transforms itself into a living parasitic, but fully functioning and otherwise harmless tongue. Okay, it's called Chymotha exigua. Hmm. In 1518, there was a dancing plague where about 400 people began to involuntarily dance for days on end. Physicians assumed that they were shaking off a fever. They were shaking off a fever. (laughs) Uh, Some people died of a heart attack, exhaustion, or even strokes. So physicians assumed they were shaking off a fever. Okay, what's, what's today's analysis of this? 400 people began to involuntarily dance for days on end. Still today, they're like, oh, they must have just been shaking off a fever. (laughs) Very strange. And let me know your thoughts down below. Every year, we unknowingly pass the anniversary of our death day. Which day is it? Serial killer Dennis Rader, also known as the BTK killer, bind, torture, kill. Ah, BTK, bind, torture, kill. He'd kill entire families and steal things from their homes from the 70s to the 90s. Always check your house for murderers. That makes me feel good about my future. (laughs) Just get home from like a road trip and just like tour my entire house to check for murderers. Like, hey murderers, like, hey guys, come on out now. (laughs) Don't murder me. So that concludes what I, oh, creepy cat facts. (laughs) I'm going to close off this podcast with a segment that I like to call Kitty Twisters. And I don't have many because I went on some sort of search to find Halloween facts, or (laughs) Halloween jokes, and that didn't really work out too well. They're pretty cheesy and a little strange, but here we go. You can choose to laugh or not, okay? It's up to you. A kid asks his greedy father for money to buy a policeman costume for Halloween. His father just told him, go undercover. Just go undercover. (laughs) You don't need to... A costume. That's actually funny if you were to go to a Halloween party and like forget that you had to dress up or something and you're like, ah, I'm an undercover cop. 
Why can't the ghost have any children? Because he has a Halloweenie. <laughs> You're welcome. Who can make more money in a week? A drug dealer or a prostitute? Hmm. The prostitute, because she can wash and resell her crack. <laughs> Sick. Here's a good pickup line. Did you get those yoga pants on sale? Because at my house, they're 100% off. <laughs> okay, this made me laugh out loud. Who is the most popular guy at the nudist colony? The one who can carry a cup of coffee in each hand and a dozen donuts. <laughs> and I've been to some nudist colonies. I shouldn't say colonies, but like resorts. And typically there's at least one guy there. Sung like a horse. Just saying. Okay, I've read this joke before. I'm going to read it again because it's good. I bet you can't tell me something that will make me both happy and sad at the same time. A husband. She thinks about it for a moment and then she responds, your penis is bigger than your brother's. <laughs> a naked man broke into a church. The police chased him around and finally caught him by the organ. Okay, this is the last one. And um, it's sick. What did the leper say to the sex worker? Keep the tip. <laughs> All right, that concludes Kitty Twisters. So I will link the recipe to this cocktail down below in the description box for you in case you want to recreate mop water. In fact, you could really take this to the next level by not adding food coloring. Just in case, you know, you maybe you didn't want it to look like something that came from the gutter. It doesn't taste like it came from the gutter though. It does taste good. Basically like a mimosa, like I said, and like a bit of spiced rum. And of course, once again, you've heard me say it lots, but my 25 days of naughty costumes is happening now on Patreon. Um, all the videos will disappear on the 31st and there are limited spaces available. So if you want to participate, then go to my Patreon page that's linked down below and there'll be more information there. 25 videos in 25 days, in fact, that's a lie. There are bonus videos too. So uh, don't miss out this year. I've got some doozies for you over there. And uh, why not make Halloween the best ho holiday season, the best season to celebrate? <laughs> the best time to have fun. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out Halloween really isn't a holiday. Like there's no time off. It's just kind of like something to look forward to. And why not be a kid again and just wake up to a new surprise every day. It's almost like a Halloween advent calendar. You know what I mean? Thank you all so much for watching episode 26 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I had some ups and some downs this podcast <laughs> and uh, maybe more downs than ups, but hey, that is life and uh, we're here to do it together. <laughs> all information for everything will be down in the description box below. Also my podcast, if you're just watching this is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, pretty much every platform at this point. And you can listen and download there as well if you don't necessarily want to watch the video version. And like this video if you're watching it. Subscribe also so you don't miss my future podcasts, bikini hauls, try on videos. I mean, I've got lots going on over here, so don't miss out on that. And I hope that you guys are all having an amazing week. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you have suggestions, questions, jokes, facts, then email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. I could use all the help I can get. <laughs> so uh, again, thank you all for tuning in and I'll see you in my next video.